Welcome to Security Rules. This episode is brought to you by Tufin, the providers of Tufin Orchestration Suite, Iris, and Orca. Tufin Solutions enables organizations to segment their network across the physical network, SDN, public cloud, and containers. To learn more, visit tufin.com. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Security Rules. Uh, my name is Dan Rowe. Uh, today's guest is Shai Diane, uh, CTO of Cloud from Tufin. And uh, welcome aboard. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Shai, there are a lot of things that, that we could we could talk about, right? Um, and you have, uh, uh, I think, a very vast amount of development uh, expertise, specifically within uh, security solutions. Um, and I think it's fair to say you feel comfortable in the network and, and the cloud and, and the whole evolution of what IT has been in the last 15 years. You've been along for the ride? Yes, yes. Even more than that. Almost 20 years now. Okay. I, I usually try to, to keep the numbers low myself so it's not to show age. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So fair to say uh, you've been around the block and you've seen a thing or two or 20, right? Um, but some of the stuff uh, I think that that you're currently focused on, and uh, I think a lot of the conversations that you tend to have are in what is generally speaking a newer realm of security, right? Uh, and I, I'm thinking towards cloud and, and DevOps and DevSecOps, if that's real. I think it's starting to become real. For yeah. a while, it's buzzword. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Most of the customers that I've uh, talked to, I've been at, um, they're more of a network security guys. Mm-hmm. They're in charge of their on-premise data centers for many, many years. And they're very familiar with that. They're very comfortable with that. They know exactly how the architecture looks like. They have everything, let's say, written down. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever there's a change that needs to be made, they know how to do the design for that, how to implement that, and how to make sure that everything is secured and nothing, nothing is leaked, nothing is, uh, can be accessed from the wrong location. So now when cloud environments starting to spin up, starting to start uh, being used by the business, mm-hmm. it caused the security guy be afraid, really, really afraid. Yeah. And the reason behind it is because now there's a new kid on the block who works in his own way, in his own terms, and he doesn't follow the same rules and the same guidelines and the same architecture as the on-premise environment works. Yeah. So why do you think that is? What 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 makes that new kid on the block? I think we're talking about applications teams, right? For those yeah. new guys? No, not necessarily. Not okay. necessarily. Uh, it depends on the, I would say, the maturity and how much the company, how much the, the company want to utilize from the cloud environment. Mm-hmm. So there's all kind of, I would say, maturity models you can see out there. Sure. They're talking about cloud maturity. Um, but when we're talking about operation, in the cloud environment, mm-hmm. there is also a maturity around that. You could see customers that are really, really early adopters, and they want to utilize the cloud the same way they utilize the data centers, mm-hmm. meaning they simply see the cloud environment as an extension of the data center. I have subnets in my data center, now I have subnets in the cloud. That's it. What's the difference? It means that I want to architect the cloud environment just like my data center. Another approach, if you go even more mature, is now I'm saying, oh, wait a minute. Now I want to deploy and I want to change my cloud environment in a faster manner, in an agile manner. Mm -hmm. Because if I look on the cloud environment as an extension to the data center, 
it still requires a lot of time to deploy new application and to extend existing application. But when I'm talking about defining my cloud environment as templates, as what's called infrastructure as a code, mm-hmm. I want to define how my application looks like, save it in some file system, let's call it for a second, and then deploy it into the cloud environment. So whenever I need to do a change, I just change my configuration file and redeploy. So now my changes can occur much faster, much frequent. My SLA to deploy application is much, is much smaller. Mm-hmm. So now I can gain a lot more business and I can compete much better against the competition. It, and that's in direct contrast to, I think, what traditional security processes are, right? Exactly. And that's what frightens the security yeah. team. So uh, I think given the fact that you're probably talking to a lot of security professionals out there about how to kind of uh, maybe not necessarily overcome that fear, but but conquer it in some ways. Um, and uh, to take a step back, I think it's probably fair to say we're kind of at a, a point of transition where we have new technologies. Um, we don't necessarily need to cover all of them, but I think the cloud came before the security tool set and mindset was prepared for it. And now we see a new layer of challenges around um you know, Kubernetes, for example, right? It requires a different toolkit, different mindset, different integration capabilities. I think there's always, uh, every time there's, uh, uh, I guess what they're calling it, like digital transformation. Every time there's that significant change uh, uh, in the infrastructure, there's also a requirement for significant change in security uh, because we can't just keep doing the same thing that we did before. And uh, knowing that, uh, and I think the conversations you're, you're having with security professionals and the, the context you have um, and, and kind of the cloud security and how that is being you know, effectively applied, um, how are you seeing security professionals successfully uh, approach cloud security? And I should say really securing the cloud, whether that's them directly or maybe through influencing others uh, adjacent to them. Um, what, what do you think like good cloud security looks like uh, from the modern perspective? So there are a few rules, I would say. Mm -hmm. First of all, you should not be afraid of new technology. You actually need to adopt it. It's the same, by the way, this is true for any aspect in life. Mm -hmm. For example, when they invented cars, people were really afraid of cars, right? People can get hurt, get killed by cars. It doesn't mean that people stop driving cars and we drive much more cars today. And the same is true when they invented, by the way, electricity as well. People were really afraid of that, Mm -hmm. but still we use it until today and probably until tomorrow. So the same is true when you, when your company is moving to the cloud. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to say, all right, so let's do whatever we did in the last 20 years in that new technology. No, you need to learn how cloud operation looks like. What's the purpose of moving to the cloud? And if that is agility, then it means that you need to be agile in your security changes as well. After you understand that, after, after you accept that reality, that instead of fighting it, you need to accept it, now you need to understand that your security need to be more governed. How can security kind of effectively influence operations teams? Or how can they secure, even if operations teams may be fundamentally opposed to including them? So you need to understand, once you understand that operation team are being measured by the SLA for deploying new application, by the stability of the application, by the scalability of those applications, and not by the amount of security attached to it, you need to understand that 
they don't care about it because they are not measured in that way. Mm-hmm. You are, as a, as a security professional, as a network security team responsible for security in your organization, you are measured in that way. So what you need to do is you need to state your security policy. You need to state how you want the security to be upholded in the cloud environment. And then passing that information to the operation team and to tell them, all right, guys, now you need to implement your cloud environment, but still upholding my policy, mm-hmm. my compliance regulation if I need to, my segmentation policy, regardless how you want to state that. Or, what, or how do you want or how do you want to tightly close the, the connections between your cloud environments? That's what you need to pass to the operation team. It's kind of like a blueprint of, hey, this is what security looks like for us, and we want you to include it in your own blueprints for application development processes. Exactly. Okay. So so very kind of instructionary. We're saying, guys, we know security is not important to you. Obviously, it's critical to, critical to us. And we need to work together to make sure both teams are happy. We're going to give you the, the answer there. But so, so how do they do that, right? You, you talked about defining a, a security policy. And, you know, for some companies, that means that there's a Word document or an Excel file. Or uh, maybe that guy, Bob, that's been here for eight years just has it in his head. Um, but I think when we're talking about um, the, the, the DevOps teams, they don't want Microsoft Word and Excel or, or want to talk to Bob, right? So, so how are they actually, like, I guess, including security policy um, and integrating it in their, their application development processes? So there are also, about that, it's also a maturity level that you can increase in your organization. Mm-hmm. The operation team, something which is very, you need to give them, like, a few quick, uh, let's say, uh, values without investing too much effort. Mm-hmm. And after everyone sees that that's a good approach, you can continue on to the, let's say, more complex uh, security controls. So, for example, you can give them guidelines on how uh, rules in the cloud environment should look like. Do not open everyone to your service. Just open up whoever needs to connect to your service. If you know that this is a web server, don't open up any port. Just open up HTTP or HTTPS. You need to give them some guidelines that whenever they deploy something, they can think one more second to say, no, wait a minute, I can shrink this access down, I can reduce that attack surface here. So that will give you, first of all, let's say, to clean up a lot of, let's say, falsy thought mm-hmm. from the operation side to something which might be more sensible in the security area. So, so, so how do you think they, they do that? Is that an educational thing where we're going to spend time and sit down with them and say, guys, we're going to uh, kind of work backwards from uh, a high access to only required access, and we'll give you the pro tips to critically think about it? Yes, exactly that. You need to guide them. You need to teach them. Usually what you do is that you you can't really teach all operation team at the same time. Mm-hmm. So usually you take like an advocate from each team. Okay. You give them like a training and say, all right, let's, let's, take, use, let's take real use cases. Mm-hmm. Let's take this application, for example, or that application, for example. Let's see how it was built. And let's see how it should be built. So now they have examples, they have ideas. Usually operation people really like examples and not theoretical explanation, which is very hard to understand. Mm -hmm. And then they can implement it themselves. And you can, you know, go back after a month or two and to say, all right, let's see what you've done. Let's see if you were able to improve your security posture, to improve, to reduce your attack surface. You say, okay, this one is good. This one is maybe not so good. (laughs) And you can improve. And then you can follow up to the next level. And what's the next level? 
The next level is where you actually want them to maintain your security policy in an automatic manner. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you don't want Bob mm-hmm. or anyone else from your security team to uh, vet or to assess every application being deployed. Mm-hmm. Because usually what customers are doing, they, uh, the operation team, they have their test cycle, they have the QA cycle, they have their uh, production environment. And because this network security team is always understaffed compared to the operation team, the operation team and the, need to implement the business. The business is usually 100 times bigger than the security more or less. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, maybe 100 to 2. <laughs> um, so it means that you cannot vet and assess every application that's running in some dev or test environment. Right. Not even, maybe even in a non-prod environment. You, you can only, you know, invest your time in the critical side. So you're saying, okay, if you're going to production, now you need to pass my uh, audit. You need to pass my check. I need to verify and accept that application. So one of the key problems that that, uh, I would say, uh, approach is mm-hmm. creating is, first of all, you are only able to see what's going on in production. So it means that if someone updates a production environment after you approve it, you probably will not see it. Mm-hmm. And that's a real problem. And the other thing is that for the operation team, it really creates a problem because now they have a chunk of time that's called move to production security assessment. Mm-hmm. They don't know how much time it will take. It could take a day, a week, a month. They don't know. And worse than that, you could come back to them and tell them, I'm sorry, but you need to re-architect or redesign or rewrite your application because it does not, I, I do not allow something like that to be deployed. Mm-hmm. So if we want to solve all of that, the only methods to go is to move to an automatic security checks. Right. And that kind of aligns to the model. And I think what's also interesting that you mentioned is uh, the the operations guys are well-funded and uh, in high numbers, and security is much lower comparatively. So in a, the current uh, you know, environment where I think most security teams are understaffed, or at least I'm so, uh, so I'm led to believe, based on headlines, you're saying that uh, that 2 to 100 ratio probably is a little bit low. But really, the best way to kind of extend security isn't on that that ratio perspective of people to developers, but integrating the actual security of developers, actually taking advantage of the development uh, operations investment, right? Because in the same way that they uh, would develop their applications, they would also develop uh, their application pipeline uh, steps and processes, which can be inclusive of security. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think automation always gets called in as kind of the resolver of uh, the depletion of resources. So let me ask you this, Shai, because uh, in some ways what we're saying is we want someone else to secure it. Uh, do you think uh, the security folks you're talking to are generally pretty comfy with that idea? They're saying, okay, actually, we're going to let these guys do what we were doing before, and we're going to kind of sit back and uh, have a little bit more of a peripheral role? So as I say before, it's depending on the maturity of the customer. Mm-hmm. If the customer is just moving to the cloud environment, he's just testing it, it will be very hard for him to you know, accept and adopt a new technology without seeing it in his own eyes and understanding how it will work. Usually, the best way that people are comfortable with something is by controlling it themselves. Right? If I need to protect I don't know, a castle, I'd be much more comfortable if I have my own guards protecting the doors and, and windows. Yeah. 
But if someone else is guarding the castle and I need to make sure that they do a very good job and if that castle will get attacked, it's my fault, that creates a problem, that creates a conflict. So what I want to do is to make sure that you put you know, the, amount, the right amount of guards or they are trained enough. That's what I want to do. And not to actually put my own guard. Because otherwise, it will, this, the adoption of the cloud environment and the use of the cloud environment will be slow and I would even say super slow. Mm-hmm. Because the difference is to deploy applications between you know, minutes to weeks or months. It's not like uh, you know, 10 or 20% more time. It's, uh, it's exponential, the amount of time that currently today it takes uh, networking and security team to deploy application. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, because uh, pretty much what you're alluding to is the world outside of security is getting bigger. So unless they figure out ways to be a part of that growing world, uh, they're going to find themselves quickly marginalized. That's correct. In some organization that uh, we witnessed is that the business simply bypassed the IT. They simply said, okay, you don't want to be part of the game? Okay, so you will be out of the game. And I simply create my own account in whatever cloud provider that I chose and create an application there. And as soon as the business see that it get money revenue from that, there's no way back. There's no way that after I have an application running, revenuing uh, money for my company, mm-hmm. someone will say, ah, oh, no, it's not secure. Let's take it down. We don't want to make any more money. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's, it's the customer. They want right. To. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it, it, it is, I think, a, a, a general problem that always occurs in uh, security, right? Securities. A lot of people think security is supposed to say no. The reality is security probably needs to enable the business, right? Their job is an IT. They sit underneath IT or maybe adjacent to it. But uh, in the same way that IT needs to ensure connectivity to the business, security does too. They're just more focused on the risks imposed with that business, right? And uh, I I think that's um, an interesting point of consideration because the initial reaction of humans, whoever they are, wherever they are, to change is, I don't like it, you know? Um, so I, I think we're, we're kind of at an interesting point um, where we're starting to see security. And I shouldn't say starting because actually I think some companies are, are probably a little bit more mature about it. As you said, there's a bit of a alignment to, to uh, you know, overall um, understanding uh, of security in the cloud. Um, I think they're, they're getting better about it. I think what's interesting is uh, it's still changing and it requires, um, you know, a step back in a different way where we're not going to be, the active police officers of the organization, but we're going to kind of be the the guides in some way. We're going to uh, help you understand some of the things that are going to be important for you to be successful. Because uh, I, I don't know, what do you, what do you think? It, during a breach, uh, let's say uh, application is overconnected or inherently vulnerable, the developer that wrote that code, do you, do you think they're around after? No, I don't think so at all. He probably might not even work at the same team anymore. He doesn't even remember that he built it. The, he already moved to a, a new project. But yeah. that's the problem mainly, is that the operation team, the developer, DevOps, they build the application. But if that application gets leaked or get hacked, it's a security guy fault because he approved it. That's the problem. That's the real problem that security guys yeah. has. They need to maintain the business while maintaining security at the same time. And they have transient populations, right? These guys are moving from place to place or team to team. And, uh, you know, let's say the application's been up for six months and uh, an issue occurs. 
the guy that wrote the the code that uh, or provided the connectivity originally that was compromised, he's somewhere else now. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very genuine challenge, right? Because I think in the security world, when things are neat and orderly, it's very easy to say, here's our process for governing it, and we will route it through us. Uh, uh, whereas in an environment like the cloud, which uh, is successful because of the fluidity and dynamic qualities of it, uh, security actually really needs to fundamentally change, right? We're, we're no longer stopping things. We're either catching up, which probably isn't good, uh, or we're integrating into it so that way we're only dealing with the problems and not uh, trying to figure out what they all are. So uh, I guess, you know, with that being said, it, it, I think you covered uh, some very interesting points in terms of the cultural acclimation of, of companies. Um, have you walked into any organizations and you said, these guys have it figured out. They're doing it really well. Can you think of any kind of like uh, very positive examples that maybe folks would want to like look towards and say, there's some of these things that we can pull away from them? Yes, definitely. Customers that uh, the security team actually want to work with the cloud operation team or the DevOps team, mm -hmm. the cloud operation team has no problem with that. They actually like that fact. Because if they have something to work with and they know that essentially at the end their application will be more secure, then it's a win-win situation. Operation team don't want their application to be unsecure. No one wants their application to get hacked. It's not a good thing. Yeah. They just don't want to invest time in, in, in doing so. They don't want to uh, uh, complicate their application in order to get a better secured application. That's the only thing. They don't want to get slowed down by the security. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. But they want to be secured. If there was a button, a red button that says secure my application, they would click on it. So we need to help them. When I say we, I mean the security team to do that. And I've seen customers that were able to do that by building automation tool around the operation. So whenever an operation action is done, there is a security check. The check, if that change violates whatever policy or compliance or any kind of security rules, let's call them for a second, that the security team decide on. So whenever that occurred, the operation team get notified that he violated whatever we agreed on in the first place. So he's able to fix it on the spot. It takes him less than a minute. Do you think that also shares the accountability for that problem? Because effectively what you're saying is uh, there is a, a security risk in this application right now. You yourself are going to be responsible for fixing it. We minimally know about it. Um, do you think that actually has more of a shared responsibility model? Between the operation team and the security team? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It moves, it shifts part of the responsibility to the operation team, but giving them tool to, main, to, to, to do that. Mm -hmm. If they will not be able to do that, no one wants responsibility over something that they cannot control, right? They right. cannot change anything in that. It's almost, uh, it's very frustrating. On the other hand, if they, you give them tool, you give them the information, you give them the guidance into moving to a more secure manner, they won't have any problem to do so. I think what we're talking about is that, that scary word we mentioned before too is change, right? We have to uh, not necessarily reject things as they come, but say, let's figure this out together, right? Um, and it's very encouraging to hear that you're talking to a lot of companies that are approaching that uh, in that manner. I think, you know, uh, the security team can't secure everything, right? There's always going to be employees in the company that click on things or open files that they shouldn't. 
Um, there's always going to be vulnerabilities throughout uh, an organization, but I, I think when you start proactively addressing that, you know, in the uh, end user perspective, we're talking about education, maybe some tools there too. It's probably no different to say we need to be uh, a good corporate citizen in the context of uh, the new infrastructure team because we're gonna need to help them secure. Correct. Yeah, so Shai, this was uh, a very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for lending uh, your expertise and insight. Uh, and talking to a lot of varied companies, I'd say. Uh, you tend to speak to, I think, both those that are relatively new and kind of more born in the cloud or cloud first. And I think a lot of bigger companies out there that are, are just foraying into it or have found out they forayed into it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's always been one of those things, right? So, uh, Shai, thank you very much uh, for uh, hanging out with us today. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Tufin, the providers of Tufin Orchestration Suite, Iris, and Orca. Tufin Solutions enables organizations to segment their network across the physical network, SDN, public cloud, and containers. To learn more, visit tufin.com.